Hi, you're tuned into Cancer Answers. I'm your host, Heather Rifat. Today's discussion centers on betel nut consumption. Now, with an estimated 600 million users globally, areca nut, which is also known as betel nut, ranks as the fourth most frequently consumed psychoactive substance in the world, following only nicotine, alcohol, and caffeine. To better understand what betel nut is and why it is harmful to human health, I've invited to the show today Dr. Thaddeus Herzog, who is a full member in the Population Sciences in the Pacific Program, Cancer Prevention in the Pacific, at the University of Hawaii Cancer Center. His research is focused on betel nut use in Guam, Saipan, and the Asia-Pacific region. Welcome to Cancer Answers, Dr. Herzog. First of all, can you please explain what is betel nut? Well, thanks for having me, uh, Heather. So betel nut, the first thing you want to know about betel nut is that it's something that people chew. So it's a substance that people chew. Now, it's a, it is a, a nut or a fruit from the areca palm tree, which is a tree that uh, grows quite readily in the, in the tropics. And it's called betel nut because it is often combined with a beetle leaf, which is a leaf from a different plant, actually a, a vine. And so uh, colloquially, it's become known as beetle nut, although it's, a, it's truly it's areca nut plus beetle leaf. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a nut, again, from a palm tree that actually grows quite easily in Hawaii and other tropical areas. And where is this beetle nut widely consumed? Well, it's consumed uh, in many Pacific islands and also in Southeast Asia and also in South Asia. So this is a huge geographic region with uh, with many, many hundreds of millions of people. Understood. Now, I was also reading that betel nut is considered to be group one carcinogen. What does that mean? Uh, group one carcinogen basically means that it's been classified as carcinogenic to humans. So in other words, it causes cancer in people and that's a designation that was made uh, by an organization associated with the World Health Organization. Uh, they looked at the scientific literature and they have determined that betel nut is, uh, is definitely uh, carcinogenic, again, meaning it is a cancer-causing cancer agent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how exactly does chewing betel nut cause cancer? Well, again, uh, or consuming can, yeah. it, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how, how to consume it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the two questions are related. So again, um, I'm, without getting into the biology or the chemistry, uh, which is really not, not my area of expertise anyhow, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it enters the body through the mouth because so it's, again, it's mm-hmm. a substance that is chewed and since it's a, it's a carcinogenic substance. And so people who chew it habitually, or, you know, in many cases every day, many times a day. So you have this cancer-causing substance that's in the mouth uh, throughout the day on a daily basis in many cases, and that is why it causes cancer to the mouth, or in in other words, uh, oral cancer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So do you, uh, how is it like an addictive drug? Because normally, you know, smoking is considered to be addictive. So how would you call betel nut addictive? How is it addictive? Well, we've done a lot of research about that actually uh, here here at the 
University of Hawaii Cancer Center and at and the University of Guam, where, where we're uh, partner organizations. Uh, so basically, there's uh, there's a, a few standard ways that uh, addiction is measured in uh, in in our field and in the addictions research uh, field. So uh, basically, you know, substance is uh, considered addictive if uh, people do it habitually, if they f if they feel bad or uh, or they crave the substance, if they don't get it after after uh, you know a few hours, um, if they you know, revolve their life around acquiring it and, and uh, you know, the, what you would commonly think of as an addiction. And mm -hmm. betel nut certainly would qualify uh, much in the same way that uh, tobacco would. It's, it's, uh, it's similar to tobacco in a lot of ways. And in fact, I don't think I've mentioned yet, but betel nut is often mixed with tobacco. So people often add tobacco and some other ingredients, but pretty often tobacco with their betel nut and they mix that together and chew it. So a lot of people sort of have a double addiction, you know, they have the mm. betel nut addiction in addition to the tobacco addic uh, addiction as the substances are, are blended together and chewed together. Mm -hmm. Do you think that betel nut is not as addictive in itself compared to when you combine it with other drugs? It's more addictive? Mm -hmm. I'd say so, and uh, yeah, we, and again, we have done some research uh, specifically on that topic. So what we find is that betel nut by itself is is still addictive, but if one adds tobacco, mm -hmm. then it is certainly more addictive, and also it is more carcinogenic. So uh, people who who add tobacco to their betel nut are likely to be both more addicted and they're, they're taking a, a greater health risk as well. Right, and how um, how is this, the betel nut consumption, a big health issue in the Pacific? Well, if I, if I hear you mean Hawaii, it's not, it's not a particularly large issue in Hawaii. I, I think that I estimate roughly that there's uh, perhaps 2,000 or so uh, betel nut chewers in Hawaii. Uh, so it's a bigger problem in other islands where in the Western Pacific, uh, again, in Micronesia and Melanesia, uh, where the chewing rates are much higher, there it's a significant problem. Now, I wouldn't say it's the most serious problem by, by any means, but it's a, it's a significant uh, health issue in those areas where the prevalence uh, uh, or the, the amount of use you know, is, is relatively high. Now, mm -hmm. in some other parts of the, of the world, it's uh, most definitely a serious issue um, in, in countries, you know, in India, for example, there's quite a bit of concern about it. Uh, there's a lot of chewing in uh, Taiwan, though they've, they've, also, they've done a great job at, at cutting down on chewing in, in Taiwan, actually. But uh, in other areas like uh, in, in New Guinea and other, other regions mm -hmm. where, where it's used quite heavily, it's a, it's a more serious uh, health issue. Mm -hmm. And what current research are you doing at the Cancer Center to address betel nut and its correlation with cancer? Well, what we've been focused on here, I mean, uh, we, we have a lot of betel nut projects here that actually that run the full gamut from uh, cancer biology all the way to uh, cancer prevention and, and sort of more public health oriented uh, research. Uh, so, I mean, personally, I've been involved uh, in a betel nut cessation program, in other words, a, a quit 
quit chewing betel nut program that was administered in, in the islands of uh, Guam and Saipan. And so we developed this program starting as a, a sort of a jumping off place uh, uh, using a smoking cessation program and then making certain alterations to, uh, to better match the, the behavior of betel nut chewing as compared to cigarette smoking. But we developed this program and now we've tested it and it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, the results are quite good. It seems to help people to, uh, to quit chewing. It's for people who, who want to, chew, to quit chewing and who show up to the program with that objective in mind. And it seems to have been successful. About 40% of the people who joined the program did manage to quit in, in the short term. So uh, we found it uh, so far so good. Mm-hmm. Right. And very lastly, just like smoking is addictive and it's difficult to give up, so is betel nut consumption, right? So what can individuals who consume betel nut do to get rid of their addiction? Are there any treatment programs? Are there any interventions that they can look at to reduce that addiction or at least, if not give up on it completely, but reduce their addiction, level of addiction to betel nut? Yeah, well, that, that's precisely the, the question that motivated our research uh, in developing this uh, betel nut cessation program. So, you know, what we've found so far is that, you know, really the similar techniques to cigarette smoking cessation are called for. Uh, so in other words, we, we use a, what's called the uh, cognitive behavioral approach where, you know, basically we you know, actually, we we had five sessions where we met with people over a period of three weeks to to help them to quit by giving them advice about uh, well, first to to inform them more about the dangers of chewing, the health risks involved, and then other other things like trying to understand the situations uh, that they put themselves in where they are most tempted to quit and how to avoid those sort of situations, and also to enlist the support of uh, friends and family around them uh, to help them in their quitting effort. These are, these are sort of uh, common sense uh, approaches that people use already for any variety of health behavior, uh, prog health behavior change programs such as smoking cessation or if one is trying to lose weight or increase exercise or things of, these, of this nature. Um, so these, these principles that are general to behavior change can be applied to something like betel nut chewing as well, uh, again, with appropriate alterations, because these, these behaviors and substances are not the same, but there's some similar approaches that can be used. And that's what we've found so far. Now, as you know, with cigarette smoking, there's a variety of uh, pharmaceutical adjuvants that are used. We see them advertised, you know, on TV and, and other places very often, you know, uh, nicotine gum and other, other uh, antidepressant pills, for example. And, you know, some people, uh, and I'm working with some of them, are working on developing such similar products for betel nut chewing cessation as well. Uh, but that's just getting started. Um, you know, it's the thing about uh, betel nut uh, research is that it's really in its infancy as compared to cigarette smoking and tobacco research in general. There's, there's a vast wealth of research uh, going back many decades about tobacco, tobacco cessation, smoking cessation. And as I mentioned, there are many pharmaceutical uh, aids that, that are available uh, 
not, with betel nut, it's simply not the case. So, you know, our study is one of the one of the very few that has looked at uh, betel nut cessation in a systematic way in a, in a controlled trial. And as I said, the the research for pharmaceutical aids for betel nut cessation has just uh, been a I don't know, two or three studies on that so far. So. On that note, I conclude today's episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Herzog, for joining me and for giving this very informative talk on betel nut consumption. Listeners, I will see you next week with our final guest and our final episode for Season 1 on Thursday at 12 p.m. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. You can visit our website, uhcancercenter.org, for more information and to stay tuned for a new episode next week. Um, You can also follow us on our social media pages, including Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our handle is UH Cancer Center. Take care. Bye-bye.